And he put a lot of amazing, incredible insight and information in there on living the Christian life and knowing who Jesus is and what love truly is and how it really works to try to, to help them and encourage them. And then they didn't listen. <laughs> and, and we know we d- they didn't listen because this, they get a follow-up letter. Because they get a follow-up letter. There isn't, there isn't yeah. a second Philippians. There isn't a second. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Salty Pastor Podcast. We are here again with Mr. Zach Peak, the younger, handsomer... Peak <laughs> of the pastors that are on the salty pastor, I guess. Uh, we uh, we're excited to have him again. And my name is Jesse Mayer. I'll be your host. And here on the salty pastor, we can't understate it enough. We are really here just to teach you how to think for yourself. We're not here to try to convince you of something, but we're here to basically present information so that you can think for yourself and make your own choices about what the world's presenting to you and making sure that you really understand how your biases or your thought processes might be manipulated by some of the people in the world. On Tuesdays, we tend to spend a lot of time in scripture learning um, about what the upcoming sermon's going to be about, kind of doing a little Bible study on those passages. And then on Thursdays, we spend some time talking about the worldview and how those passages might be affecting it. Um, this Thursday, we are actually continuing our what in the Sam Hill series that, um, uh, Dr. Douglas Peak put together on some of the core philosophies that we study a lot on this podcast. So we're going to kind of combine today a little bit into uh, application and Bible study here with Zach. So Zach, how are you? How are you feeling? Doing pretty well. How are you doing, Jesse? I'm great. I'm, I love having you here in the studio. Our last one we had to do over Zoom. Mm-hmm. So it's good to actually have you here live where I can reach out and just, just touch <laughs> you. So Maybe not uh, quite touch. Not quite touch, <laughs> but... It's good to have you here. What are we talking about this week? Who, what are we learning about? Uh, well, we're, we're doing kind of a little interesting. I'm going to preach a little bit differently. Usually, I love to tell stories. I love stories. I'm a huge fan. Um, I love to, like right now, I'm with Disney Plus and everything, going back and watching some of the old classics because I'm a huge like story guy, and it just makes sense to me. I love C.S. Lewis, J.R.R. Tolkien, G.K. Chesterton, you know, these guys who are great storytellers. Mm. I'm kind of doing a little bit differently this week uh, because I want to focus on something that there, there's stories about it uh, and we I want to bring stories in, but I want to talk about serving others and how we can make such an impact and a difference in this world through our service to others when we're serving God. Okay. And so it's going to be a little bit more uh, maybe like my dad's style, a little bit more uh, lecturing, a little bit more information at some points. Okay. I'll still work some stories in, but uh, you know, the difference and the, being a little bit different this week is really exemplified by the passage we're going to go through because the passage we're going to go through, um, we're going to use it, uh, for, for, to see what Paul did and to see some, this is one of the only parts of in his letters where Paul actually talks about all the things that he did and all the things that he went through. Okay. And he's not even talking about them to get sympathy. He's not talking to get pity. He's not talking to try to credential himself. He's, He's doing this because the people he's writing this letter to are in big trouble. And he's, he's using tra- his dad voice on them he's, is basically oh, he what is he's doing. <laughs> definitely using his dad voice on them. He is getting after him. This is the second letter he wrote to Corinthians is one of the main passages that I'm going to be using. And he just, he's getting after them. He is not pulling back his punches. And I understand why, because at this point he was in uh, Corinth, which was 
a really very hedonistic city. And he had been there, he'd started a church, and the Corinthians had formed, you know, a church, and then he left. And he wrote them a letter that we know as 1 Corinthians, where he says some incredible things about love. It's one of his longer letters, too. Mm. 1 Corinthians is pretty long. And he put a lot of amazing, incredible insight and information in there on living the Christian life and knowing who Jesus is and what love truly is and how it really works to try to, to help them and encourage them. And then they didn't listen. <laughs> and, and we know we d- they didn't listen because this they get a follow-up letter. Because <laughs> they get a follow-up letter. There isn't, there isn't yeah. a second Philippians. There isn't a second <laughs> Ephesians. The no. Corinthians get two. No. The Corinthians get two. And, and while there are some other like second books, like Timothy gets two, but the second one is when Paul is knows that he's probably going to you know, be executed or at least be tried soon. Um, the Thessalonians get a second one, but that's because there were some confusions and they had some questions. So mm. he wrote them just a quick follow-up to help them out and everything. Um, no, the Ephesians get a really long second letter that is um, dripping with, you are in trouble. You are in big trouble. It's <laughs> yes. a big rebuke. It is a very big rebuke, and it would not have been fun to, like, you know, the way this worked is Paul would send these letters and then they'd be delivered by a messenger and either the messenger or like one, you know, one of the church leaders would stand up in front of the church and, and read, read it, it to it. them. It <laughs> kind of reminds me of, did you ever, you've watched the Harry Potter movies. Mm-hmm. It, it reminds me of the like screaming letters that you see and they did. When I think Ron they did a really, yeah, screamer. Ron gets a screamer. That's what I kind of imagine is like, <laughs> there's a church leader just up there. And obviously that's a very like over the top example, but that's kind of what it feels like. Right. Is they're like, yeah. uh Oh, he sent us a second letter. Well, and and if, you know, because not all of the second letters were bad, you know, so maybe they're like, oh, maybe this one's okay. He's and then, telling us we're doing so <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, and then they start, <laughs> le- you know, this is, we're in chapter 11. I don't know exactly how many chapters it is, but if we're in chapter 11, there's at least 11 chapters. And I imagine that by the end of chapter one or two, they were like, oh boy. Well, and there's how no, long is this one? all these oh, chapters were inserted <laughs> when they like compiled the Bible together. Yeah. They didn't exist before. Otherwise, it was just this long letter that they're yeah. just reading and everybody in the audience is like is this gonna keep going or it's one of those things where they're like oh they're almost done and then like the the bottom half of the scroll like falls out they're <laughs> falls like out. oh Uh-oh. shoot <laughs> yeah so uh and but we're not we're not coming at it from an angle it's fun to talk about um, and it's definitely fun fun and interesting and sometimes convicting to read uh, but we're not here to talk about Paul's uh, temperament necessarily, but we are here to talk about, you know, the reason I want to bring this in when we're talking about serving others and we're talking about the transformation that the Holy Spirit makes in us when we serve others is because Paul at one point is talking about um, boasting. And it's in kind of the, the back half of chapter 11. Um, he starts this section in, or this, this kind of section in chapter or in verse 16. Uh, we're going to pick up in verse 22, kind of, but the the preface to this little section is he's talking, he's essentially talking about how the Corinthians have been led astray by false teachers. Uh, there have been people who, you know, t- today the, the best uh, example like in America would be like a prosperity gospel. Mm. Um, I'm not sure exactly what all of the details were of how they were led astray, but they were led astray by false teachers, people who talked about Jesus, but kind of like, well, it's it like then it would be like the Gnostics that your dad talks about fairly often. Yes. That was a big teaching, a big pivot that they did. Yeah. Um, and there was and I don't know exactly what form it was uh, of Gnosticism. I don't know exactly what the false teaching was. But there were false teachers. But there were false around. teachers. And the important part is not only were there false teachers, 
the Corinthians started listening to them. And right. that's the big issue here. And that's why Paul is really going after them is because they started listening to them. And so what Paul does is at the beginning of this section, he starts talking about, he's like, look, I'm going to do a little boasting because all these guys come. And the reason you're listening to these guys is because they've got great credentials. And they talk about all, you know, they're coming in. They're like, well, I've got a, a PhD in uh, divinity and a PhD in uh, religion and a PhD in history. And I've started multiple successful businesses. So you should listen to me because I know how the world works. And they were like, oh, yes, please. Right. And so Paul's like, oh, so we're going based on credentials. <laughs> Let, Let me, me lay start. it out. <laughs> yeah. And, and again, it, the heart that Paul was doing this with was to show them that they have been led astray mm. and he is rebuking them. But what's what I want us to take away from this and what I want to explore with this is the incredible things that Paul did in his life and why he was able to do them. Paul wasn't able to do these things because he was an amazing man. Paul wasn't able to do these things under his own power. He did these things because the Holy Spirit was within him, because he met Jesus Christ and followed him. And what I want to communicate this Sunday, and then what I want to you know, ex extrapolate a little bit more and explain a little bit more today, is that when we let the Holy Spirit guide our lives, and when we, in service to God, serve others with the power of the Holy Spirit, we're going to do incredible things. Mm. And while so often, you know, we can be taken aback by stories of people who've done incredible things for others, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but we have that power too, because the true power to serve others and care for others is in God. And so I want to pick up in verse 22, where Paul starts by just listing out all of these things about himself. He starts by list, listing out like, who he is and where he comes from. He says, are they Hebrews? And the they he's talking about are these false teachers that the Corinthians have been listening to. Are they Hebrews? Well, so am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. So he started off by saying, look, all these things that these guys claim to have authority because of these things, I have that same stuff. Are they servants of Christ? He, and uh, he says, I am out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I have received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have gone often without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. So he's done a lot. <laughs> he's got a little bit of a little bit of trials in his life. Yeah, he's he's had a couple a uh, couple difficult times. It wasn't just his frappuccino being spilled on the ground. No, he had some stuff go on. He's he's had some stuff happen, you know. And again, he's using this to to prove to the Corinthians that like, look, these guys who are false teachers, like, they haven't been through all this. They haven't followed God in this way. They haven't gone to the end, you know, to follow God and to to further His kingdom. And I have. And so if you're going to go based on these credentials, which his argument is you shouldn't, but even if you do, I am so much more credentialed. So why are you listening to these guys? Right. But what I want us to take from this is to look at, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty difficult. It's pretty tough to read that and be like, oh, wow, that does not sound fun. 
That doesn't sound like an exciting thing to go through. But what I want to focus on is that Paul did go through all that, and he was able to do it. And he doesn't speak of it like a victim. He doesn't speak of it like someone who has been beat down by it. He doesn't speak of someone who has, who laments all that he's gone through. He's not. He's only bringing it up because it's basically a counter argument. It's not something he, but he's not talking about it in his other letters. Mm. Like this isn't something that he puts in everything. He's like, Hey, I got beat last week. Yeah. You know, look Which, at me, poor me. I'm, I'm mm. suffering for Christ. He's. Yeah. He's and, and given how he almost never mentions this other than this. And when he does mention it, he uses it as an argument for something else. It seems like it's something that's like almost offhanded to him. Like, Oh yeah, that happened. Right. Like, oh, yeah, you know, I got beat a couple times, you know, got thrown in prison. Oh, yeah, I got shipwrecked. When all these things that we would look at and be like, oh, my gosh, that, that's that's crazy. I never want that to happen again. Or that's way too much or something that we'd be telling at, you know, dinner parties 10 years later, you know, to try right. to one up other people. Like, whatever it may be, he just is offhanded. Yeah, yeah, that happened. Yeah, it happened. It's done. It's gone. You know, I'm still going forward. And while this can be scary, and I don't want anybody to be scared by it, my point in all this is saying, look at how Paul was able to go through this and the strength with, with which he was able to conquer all of these trials, all of these persecutions, and he kept moving forward, and it didn't take him away from God. It brought him closer to God, and it's because he was doing this in the service of others. You know, we talk about so many spiritual disciplines. We talk about so many ways we want to serve, whether we want to volunteer. You know, this last Sunday, uh, I was speaking about generosity and how we need to be more generous with our time, with our money, with our relationships. And there's all these things that, you know, we as believers, we aspire to be more like Christ and we aspire to follow him. And if we focus on ourselves, we're not going to be able to do it. But if we focus on the spirit and we focus on following God and serving others, then that entire list of things to Paul, it's not even a big deal. And we can have that same power. We can have that same boldness. We can have that same strength. Because that strength comes from God. It comes from the Holy Spirit, which we have inside of us. Well, and I, I've found it interesting that your dad in the past during sermons has even said, you know, when you are most down and you're feeling the worst about yourself or going through trials, the best way to really get perspective and start working through that is actually to go out and serve. When you're out helping someone who's in, in you know, more dire circumstances or is also in need of help, it does something in your soul that really just kind of unlocks this this healing within you, but you're also blessing others. So it's kind of this dual blessing thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the way that so often in the New Testament, almost every single time, that's how we see the Holy Spirit really do its work, is it's not for a particular person. I mean, one of the, the greatest examples of somebody who, who learned this through, you know, it took them a while, but, but they, they figured it out and they did an awesome job with it is the Apostle Peter. You know, Peter did some amazing things when Jesus was around and he, he was trying to figure it out, you know, walking on water, you know, doing these other things. And he was trying to figure it out. And he, when he counted on himself, he would fall, but then he would have these moments, these amazing moments. Like, remember, he's the only one who got out of the boat. He's the only human who walked on water besides Jesus. Right. You know, these incredible things contrasted with these times where then he'd count on himself and he would fall. And so Peter was so up and down. But then we see, you know, in, in Acts, when the Holy Spirit comes upon him, he preaches one of the greatest sermons ever that leads to the start of the church, really. You know, he's walking to the temple and he heals people. You know, he, he's doing things that Jesus himself did. And it's because when we serve others, 
that is how the Holy Spirit can work in such wondrous ways through us. It's not just about ourselves. It's and while the, these individual you know achievements or you know we personally want to grow closer to God and that's a good thing, if we just focus on ourselves to do that, it's not going to work. And that's why I want to talk so much about serving others this coming Sunday is because when we serve others and we put our focus on others and that's how we decide to try to use God's spirit within us, then it becomes so much more powerful. And then when those things happen to us, you know, whether it be being shipwrecked or all the things Paul went through or things that we go through in our personal lives, whether it be stuff with our careers, whether it be things with our family, whether it be things with our coworkers, whatever it may be, we don't even see that as much of an issue anymore. And that, because that's not what's important. That's not what we're focused on. We're focused on caring for others and furthering God's kingdom. You know, C.S. Lewis said really well that humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking about yourself less. Mm. And that's what I want to kind of really drive home with this scripture and with all the power of the Holy Spirit and what we can do as followers is when we think less about ourselves and we focus more on serving others and caring for others and, and doing all of this for God and we're following God in, this, in, this, in these paths of service, it's an amazing thing, and that's how God does so much work on us. Well, and I think I see this a lot in, you know, whether you're you're interceding in prayer for someone or you're fasting for someone, that the idea of really doing something like that for someone else, like some of the, the best moments in my ministry have been when I've just pulled someone aside and said, hey, let me pray for you, and it's like this very, like, intimate thing to pray one-on-one with someone, and you're praying over them. It's like... It's almost like, I don't know, it's like when I very first started, I'm like, this almost feels like too intimate of a thing yeah. because you're you're having this moment where you're just speaking aloud, asking for these things for this person. And and it's but it unlocks something like it just mm-hmm. feels like you're you're imbued with this strength that you have when you're really serving someone else or you're praying for them or you're fasting mm-hmm. or you're serving in some way that it just it's unlike anything else you can do on your own or yeah. or anything for the, that well, matter. And you bring up a great example about prayer. Let's talk about prayer specifically. If if you're somebody who you struggle in your prayer life and you struggle to be consistently, you know, praying to God, you struggle to consistently set aside time for it, it may, one of the best things you can do is be like I'm not even going to pray for my I'm going to get a list of, you know, five different people that I know, you know, that and I know that they're dealing with these things. You know, and you d- maybe you don't even have to talk to them about it. You know, maybe they're family members, maybe they're, you know, some a friend who's going through something, someone in your church community who's going through something. And you just say, you know what, I'm going to step aside and my prayer life right now is going to be focused on praying for you. Mm. And I imagine you're going to be a lot more consistent with prayer. There's just something about doing something for others that really can make it click. And, and at some point, I think we should just take advantage of that. You know, when recognize that, you know, we can go off on our own and try to work. You know, there's so much in our culture is about working on yourself. There's so much self-help books. You know, there's all this stuff about, you know, like online about, oh, here self-care. Yeah, self-care. Or you can go to the gym and you can do this yourself. And it's all about working on yourself, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it it ignores the reality that when we start doing things for other people and when we start serving for other people, it's so much more powerful. And, you know, maybe you hear those that section of verses of all the th- stuff that Paul has been through. And maybe it scares you. Maybe it makes you a little nervous. Maybe you think, I don't want to deal with that at all. But the point is not to go through those specific trials. 
The point is that you're going to have trials in your life no matter what. And so wouldn't you rather be the kind of person who can look back at a trial and be like, oh, yeah, it happened. Like, you know, it doesn't even really, really matter anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, hopefully this isn't too far off topic, but I'll bring up a Taylor Swift song. T-Swizzle. <laughs> T- I love gotta love T-Swift. Um, one of her newer ones, it's really funny. It's like, you know, because she always just sings about her past relationships. And it's like, I forgot that you existed is like the main part. It's like <laughs> she had a bad relationship. It was really rough. And she's like, and then one day I just forgot about it. And... <laughs> And it's funny Which is ironic because she yeah. writes songs about Yeah, exactly, because <laughs> her entire business model is have bad relationships, write really good songs about them, money. <laughs> it's got to be a real rough thing trying it's to convince yeah. someone to date you. Because yeah. you're like, I'm going to have a song after me if this doesn't go well. <laughs> it's like, how long? <laughs> We're going to see how long you last until you've got a whole album on you, okay? Uh, but, but it's funny because, you know, there's going to be trials in our lives. And she makes a a great point of that song that it's like when you're really over like a relationship is when you've just like, it, it's not something you think about it really anymore. It's like, it's not like it's a good, it's not like you, you, it's a bad, it's just like that happened. It's right. time to move forward. And we're all going to have trials. We're all going to have difficult things in our lives. And so wouldn't you rather be the kind of person who can look back at those difficult times and be like, yeah, that happened. It, it, it doesn't scar me. It's not something that like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm really awesome because I was able to go through that. It's also not like, oh, man, I, I can't do anything again because I'm so scared. It's, it's neither. It's just like, yeah, that happened. And I'm just going to keep moving forward and being who I am in Christ. And if we really want to be able to be that kind of person, then the only answer to that is to know Jesus, to have his spirit working inside of us. And the spirit works inside of us by serving others, by caring for others and by serving God and serving people. Well, and I even see this just in something as simple as like going to work out like I am much more motivated to actually, one, show up for a workout if I've got someone else that's depending on me being there. Mm -hmm. Two, I'm much more likely to work harder during that workout because I'm like, okay, well, I see that they're working hard. Therefore, I know I can I can do the same. Mm -hmm. So it's like even if it's not something as, you know, big as a trial, like that's kind of the metaphor I use in my head, which is like. You know, you have that workout regimen. It's like when you're going through something, having someone there with you, it suddenly takes some of that edge off and burden off and you're working and you're encouraging someone else. Hey, you can do this. Then you're not thinking about, oh, well, my arms are really sore from that last set. You're you're focused on them. And so it's just it switches your brain and and it it moves it off of a a self-focus into a into a we focus kind of a thing. So, yeah, yeah, no, it's great. And. We're, we're made to be relational. We're made to, to know people and care for them and love them. That's why God created us. And and when we get away from that and start focusing on ourselves, it takes us away from him, which is why it's so important for us to serve others. And that's what I really want to get. Again, I know it's kind of a passage. It's a little bit scary. It's a little bit like, wow, that's a lot of stuff, and I don't know if I want to go through that. But the, the greatest strength that we can have and the strength that we can gain from the Lord is to be able to go through any of those things and then look back and be like, yeah, okay. You know, it's not going to be something, it's not something I need to talk that about all the time. That doesn't define me. Yeah, it doesn't define me. Not for good, not for bad. It's just, you know, almost forgot about it, you know, but I'm me and I'm going to go keep moving and keep caring and keep loving and keep furthering God's kingdom. Well, and I think you see that even in like people that maybe go through some sort of medical issue, whether it's cancer or some sort of heart condition or whatever. It's like, Usually they get to a point where it's like, yeah, I, I, I had that and yeah. that was a part of my life for a little bit and it happened and that's not any part of my life anymore and now yeah. we're moving on. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of see that in all different ways and 
things. So I'm excited to see what else you have to throw at us on Sunday. Um, we really appreciate you joining us here on the podcast. Uh, Pastor Doug will actually be on next week, and then the week after that, you'll be back for another round yep. with us. But uh, make sure you guys tune in on Thursday. We're doing the second part of postmodernism in the What in the Sam Hill series. Hopefully, you guys have been enjoying that. It's a little bit different, but it's good for you to kind of get a little bit of a brush up. I was talking to one of the listeners um, last week, and she's like, you know, I've heard all hundred and whatever episodes, but sometimes it's just good to remember and have it all in one area that I can go, okay, what exactly is this topic that he references a lot? And so, and we're here, we're seeing a lot of it in a lot of different media now too. It's getting referenced a lot. A lot of these things that pastor Doug's been talking about for over a year now. So, well, and especially because one of the tenets of either postmodernism or critical race theory and these things that he's talking about, people willingly change the definitions to try to trick yeah. and try to do whatever they oh, want. Oh, it's not what you what what everybody says it is. It's Oh, this oh, thing. that's not postmodern. No, no, no. That you you're all wrong. It's this is what postmodern actually is. And then it's like they they try to play with the words, which is it the was, whole point. It <laughs> was actually very fascinating. I was recently reading a uh uh a screenwriting book. Mm -hmm. um, we're working on some creating some new content and I was, you know, trying to educate myself a little yeah. bit more and the guy that was writing it did a whole breakdown on like why so many artists now doing postmodern movies where there is no point is really stupid because he's like he's like he's like i believe in postmodernism i think it's a good thing but he's like when you're trying to tell a story that doesn't have a point nobody wants to watch that yeah. and it, it's not well, communicating what's to the, humans. what's the point to showing up to the movie theater yeah and that's <laughs> yeah. what he was like he's always like there's all these high-minded postmodernists that yeah. are trying to make a statement by not saying anything and he's like i think they're just too scared to say anything and yeah, so they're just exactly. not saying and all they yeah. want to do is just say well i don't have to say anything it just speaks for itself and he just tore him apart and it was it was hilarious i highlighted the whole because i re was reading yeah. it digitally it was yeah. very funny i wanted nice. to share it with pastor doug so <laughs> Well, hopefully you guys are enjoying that series and you'll be tuning in on Thursday. Otherwise, uh, Doug or Zach will see you on Sunday here at Foothills Christian Church in beautiful Boise, Idaho.